Welcome to the Tech Policy Podcast. I'm Evan Schwarztraver, your host. On today's show, is Facebook biased against conservative news? Today, Gizmodo, a website dedicated to tech news, published a story featuring interviews with former Facebook employees known as, quote, news curators. And uh, these employees had a role in deciding which stories would be put into the trending section of the website. And if you're a Facebook user, you notice at the top right uh, hand corner of your interface is a list of trending topics. And uh, while most of those topics are offered up by an algorithm, human beings were in charge of choosing which of those computer generated options would actually end up uh, trending. And each, per, each user's experience is different based on geography and who you're friends with and things like that. But the basic gist is that these employees said that they were routinely suppressing conservative news from the trending section. Now, joining me to discuss this is Baron Soka, someone who uses Facebook quite often. Baron, thank you for joining me. Oh, well, that was the first uninsulting comment you've uh, you've made in introducing me. Well, that depends on who you ask. But anyway, uh, yeah, check out Baron's Facebook feed, and then you can decide whether that was an insult or not. But uh, anyway, so Baron, uh, the, the, the Gizmodo story, what exactly is the story suggesting that these people did? Well, there are a few different things. Uh, so the we should make sure this is uh, clear here. This is not about the news feed. The news feed is the stream of stories that most people... Uh, experience as Facebook. That's what people think of as Facebook. The, uh, as you said, the trending sidebar is a feature that Facebook added on the right is essentially to imitate Twitter. Twitter has been very successful in, in this exact purpose of letting people see what's happening right now. Facebook has not been very good at allowing people to follow breaking news. Facebook tends to be a lot more for things you share with your friends, not so much figuring out what's happening right now. So uh, in order to offer that service, uh, Facebook, number one, built this feature in there. And then they needed to have some human beings to supplement the, the work that algorithms did. So for instance, when you, when you see those, you see a list of little things at the top right. You click on one of those and then you are taken to a page at the top of which is a blurb written by someone at Facebook summarizing what that thing is rather than just a, a series of news stories as, as you might tend to see on Twitter. So that's the first role that human beings have here. The Gizmodo story alleges that there was some bias in writing those blurbs. But the second thing is the Facebook curators uh, play some role in deciding which news sites uh, qualify as news sites. Uh, some sites uh, don't. It's hard to tell. It's a sort of problem that has always plagued these search engines. If you remember when Google News launched, uh, there was some debate about whether blogs would be in there, whether what was a news site. So someone's got to make those decisions. And part of the allegation that the Gizmodo story reports is that there was some bias in deciding which publications got listed there. Uh, and then third, there was this allegation that news stories, specific news stories, were injected into the trending list that were not, in fact, trending. And there's a variety of reasons for this and for having a human component, because a computer algorithm will just generate what happens to be 
getting a lot of buzz on the internet, but that might not necessarily be the best experience for users. So for example, if everyone on Facebook at 12 p.m. is just posting links to Yelp because they're thinking about where they want to eat lunch, that's not breaking news, but that might be picked up by the algorithm because there are so many people doing it. So it takes a human being to say, okay, what people are eating for lunch is not a breaking news story. Yeah, yeah and, there's and, and, all and even more importantly, there are things that don't fall into neat categories like that because you might think, well, we could just exclude Yelp, right? Yeah. But it's the things you can't figure out in advance that you want to have some human being looking over. I mean, it's just, it's very common that algorithmic uh, tools are supplemented by human beings. There's nothing inherently nefarious about uh, Facebook having people who, whose job it is to do that. And there are other reasons, too, that had nothing to do with conservative or liberal or left or right. Uh, for example... Uh, maybe this says something about us as a species, but there's a horrible civil war going on in Syria right now. And often there's really important news coming out of that that is not trending because Facebook users just don't find it interesting. Now, sometimes the curators at Facebook, according to the Gizmodo story, would say, you know what, this is a really important story. I don't care if people think it's important. It's important. We're including it. Or they would say something like, a story about a celebrity needs to be bumped lower than a hard news story. It was really, there was an effort to make it a hard news thing, kind of like Twitter's breaking news. And of course that requires some human intervention to curate it. And what the stories, the, the real scoop here is that potentially conservatives were being left out, that their voices were being suppressed by biased curators. Now, it's important to point out, and the, par the story takes till paragraph 9 to point this out, so it, the listeners can be forgiven for not noticing this. No evidence of Facebook knowingly doing this through management or asking employees to do this was found. So the curators are saying that they as a team routinely suppressed conservative news, the sources in the story, but there's no evidence that this was led by management at the company or that you know the CEO was directing this this was really it looks like even if you take the allegation at its worst that this was the curation team doing this well and, and in fact uh, it was some people on the curation team doing it so the story quotes uh, some conservative who'd been working as a, as a curator who would say things like I came in uh, and started my shift and the people who were working before me had made decisions that I found uh, to be biased so the, it's just important to note that, that there was a team of people who were doing this. They were doing it uh, perhaps without sufficient direction from the company. And so what, what I, I, I think the clearest takeaway here for me is uh, people aren't perfect. And even if you have a corporate policy about how to handle something like this, how to uh, be neutral as a platform, it, it really matters how that gets implemented. And so it's not surprising that you might see, especially in the earlier stages of this, because these these quotes in the story refer to, I think, 2013 and 14. 14 and 15. 14 and 15. Okay. So so these are people who are, who are operating under a different set of guidelines from what Facebook has now. Facebook is likely to continue changing those. And the training practices are going to, to vary. So I, for me, the first point to make is just that many people here are, are leaping to the assumption, as they often do in situations like this, that Facebook decided to do something. When in fact, there's really no evidence here to suggest that the uh, decisions that were made by a few of these very low level uh, people who are probably independent contractors 
actually reflect any decision on the part of Facebook. And as you say, the story actually does, in fact, at one point note that there is no evidence to suggest any any conscious effort to, to steer the platform in a particular direction. And of course, this is a story that just broke today. So there will be further developments, including a statement from Facebook, which I will read because uh, it's important to get their perspective. And this is the only official response that they've made. It happened about 4 p.m. Um, th- quote, we take allegations of bias very seriously. Facebook is a platform for people and perspectives from across the political spectrum. Trending topics shows you the popular topics and hashtags that are being talked about on Facebook. There are rigorous guidelines in place for the review team to ensure consistency and neutrality. These guidelines do not permit the suppression of political perspectives, nor do they permit the prioritization of one viewpoint or another or one news outlet over another. These guidelines do not prohibit any news outlet from appearing in trending topics, end quote. So what that seems to suggest is that these employees, if the allegations are true, were in direct violation of company policy. So to your point, it wasn't that Facebook was doing this. If anything, they hired some people who failed to uphold the guidelines or maybe the guidelines weren't clear. But the bottom line being that the conspiracy theorists who might jump to the conclusion that this was some effort by Facebook to suppress conservative opinion, that seems like a far-fetched conclusion yeah, I, to draw. I, I think the, the, the worst thing you could say here uh, is that the kinds of people who tend to be hired for these jobs, who either uh, work in journalism or, or have journalism backgrounds or who live in the Bay Area, uh, tend to be left of center. And so it's not surprising that if you get those people in a pool, uh, that you're going to have uh, some natural bias towards uh, in their decision making. The real question is, uh, to what extent is Facebook managing that process? I mean, they, they should certainly be aware that there is a natural bias among their uh, the people that they hire to do this function. And they do have a responsibility if, if they want to make good on their promises about being a neutral platform. They do have a responsibility to, to manage that bias appropriately. So I think it's fair to ask those questions. And we on this show, we've talked in the past about our concerns about bias, uh, to, especially against uh, free market right of center groups. We certainly saw that at the IRS uh, in their very obvious targeting of, of conservative groups. Uh, so I don't think it's unreasonable for people to be concerned about something like this. But I do think that it's, it's all too easy for uh, anyone across the political spectrum, any human being, to leap to the assumption that uh, their group must be being singled out here. And if they are being singled out, it must be because of the result of some uh, direct in- intention or conspiracy. Uh, people are just not psychologically wired to want to accept explanations like, well, you know, actually it's the natural result of a few people making decisions and, and maybe the process has gotten better over time and we should be focused on that. Yeah, and it's perfectly plausible that because this is not a central feature of Facebook, this is not really what we think of when we think of the Facebook experience. This is a feature that was clearly designed to compete with the breaking news dominance of Twitter. And really, when we think about, oh, man, there was an earthquake, you check Twitter to see what's going on. Or, oh, I just heard a loud noise in my neighborhood. Let me check Twitter to see what's going on. Like, you don't really think of, oh, I'm going to go on Facebook because it's just a different experience. And, and, and if you do, you don't look at the trending stories. I mean, it's no. just, it's not, it's not a great feature, frankly. Uh, and, or, and it, yeah, it's just not, it's not really part of the core thing. So, it, so my point just being, it 
it's totally plausible that it wasn't their A team that was on this, right? So yeah. if the if the if the really important thing about Facebook is the newsfeed, which has algorithms, and that's really the experience, then sure, maybe they they sent the scrubs to go work on the trending topics. Yeah, I, I want to draw a parallel here in that respect. Uh, a lot of the net neutrality debate has been driven by uh, somewhat similar situations. So there are so few examples of. Uh, real violations of net neutrality, real censorship by broadband companies, that the the very few examples that get trotted out include, for example, uh, Verizon over a, a one weekend uh, many years ago uh, denied a short messaging code to an abortion rights group that wanted to raise money for their campaign. Uh, can you just, uh, for our listeners, what is short messaging well, code? Well, so it's not something that really gets done very much uh, anymore, but the idea was that if you text a certain number, you could donate money, and it would, it would be counted against your, your bill. Now, anyway, the point is that uh, at the time, and, and in the years since, the way that that story has been told is Verizon was censoring a pro-life, rather pro-choice speech. But in fact, what happened was Verizon, this was a very low-level function. It was something that people didn't really think that much about. And Verizon had a uh, part-time employee who was an independent contractor who on the weekend saw something that looked controversial. And even though it was against company policy, decided to deny the short messaging code. And in that case, it only took a matter of, uh, I think it was 24 hours to get fixed. It happened the next day. I think the parallel here is low-level person, the fact that they made a decision doesn't, uh, or even a few people, doesn't really say much about the company itself. What matters is that the company itself had uh, has changed course. Verizon granted that short messaging code. There were no incidents after that. Uh, here, similarly, I, I, I suspect that uh, Facebook will do everything it can to avoid this kind of situation in the future. Uh, I mean, if, if Facebook really wanted to be a politically biased company, uh, you wouldn't see Mark Zuckerberg saying, oh, we're not going to take sides in the election, right? I mean, he's very clearly been asked to do that. There are a lot of people in Silicon Valley who wanted him to stop Donald Trump. Uh, some, of, some of them may have been right, uh, but he, he said no. He said that wasn't their job. Uh, so I, I just think we need to be careful here about assuming that uh, so-called gatekeepers are, are just waiting to flip that switch and, and censor our speech. And it's all too easy to look at a particular example like this, uh, especially when it happens to people on your own team, so to speak, uh, and think, well, they're out to get us, and that must be the reason that our, our pages get taken down. I mean, it's a little bit like uh, Yelp. Uh, a lot of business owners complain about Yelp. Because they say, oh, well, Yelp uh, is trying to extort money from us because they want us to pay them to do X and Y. Well, in fact, when you ask them what's happening, it usually turns out that it's just it's things like they had 10 of their friends write reviews of their businesses. And then they wondered why those reviews didn't show up on their page. Well, Yelp has a, an algorithm that says if you haven't posted more than three reviews or whatever the number is, your reviews don't show up. So in other words, it's just all too easy for someone who to think of themselves as the victim and to forget, to lose perspective and forget their, their general principles in a situation like this. Yeah, and of course, uh, conservative groups are concerned about their news and, and the things that they care about being consumed. And But Facebook has over a billion users, and a large chunk of them have conservative views or right-wing views. And its core, the core of Facebook's advertising model is to be able to target advertising based on people's political views or based on what type of cereal they like. So... They want people to be able to consume the content that they that they desire, 
And it seems like it would be completely counter to the business model to try to suppress news or try to steer people towards political views that they don't hold. Yeah, that's a really important point. Is So what you're really saying is that Facebook, has, as a company, has an overriding incentive to get this right so it doesn't alienate its users. Which is why, for example, for all of the hand-wringing about Citizens United, uh, we've actually seen very little involvement by companies in elections. I mean, companies... They want to sell products and getting involved and taking sides is very, very seldom uh, a good idea. So again, we should just have reasonable confidence that companies being profit maximizing enterprises are going to try to shy away from taking sides, uh, try to get that balance right, especially here where Facebook is really commoditizing attention and they want people of all kinds to pay attention so they can sell them ads. Right? We should take some confidence in that incentive rather than assuming that just because Silicon Valley tends to be more left of center, that that is going to be represented in how Facebook runs its uh, trending uh, stories feature. Right. And that's not to diminish the significance of the story, of course, because um, you know conservatives, they might even look at this or free marketers might look at the story and groan and just say, you know what, they're a private company. They can do whatever the hell they want. Who gives a shit? And just to push back on that notion a little bit, Facebook is an important company. As I say, they have over a billion users and they probably do have the ability to have influence and to do certain things that might be harmful to consumers. But in accord with the free market view of their private company, they can do what they want. The answer might not be regulation. So the idea that we're going to get Congress hauling in Facebook executives to interview them about suppressing conservative news, that is probably a... the wrong approach but that's not to say that people shouldn't use their their platforms including facebook and their blogs and their and tweet about it and talk about it with their friends to put pressure on companies to be more transparent and to be more public about their policies and maybe the failure here is just that people weren't aware of the policies on trending topics so that when a story like this breaks now you have to backtrack and explain everything when if you had gotten out in front of it and just told people how you do this, that might have been beneficial. So just to say that maybe if regulation is not the answer, maybe the answer is just people speaking out and saying, I want to know more. I'm concerned about this story. And there's nothing wrong with the public using their voices to put pressure on companies to be better, to be more transparent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, clearly, Facebook does have a responsibility to do better here in training its employees Right, uh, but that's a very different thing from what a lot of people are, are right now saying. A lot of people are leaping to assumptions and saying that Facebook uh, has some intention to do this, when in fact, uh, the, I think the most you could accuse Facebook of here is uh, some sort of negligence in in training or following through. And that's, but you know what? That's always going to happen. We talk about product design and and other aspects of consumer protection. No one ever, no company is ever a hundred percent perfect in everything it does. The question is always, uh, are they trying better? Are they iterating? Is, is the program improving over time? And, and if not, well, then that might be a problem. Uh, now here, and you, you said this very well, um, even if we thought that Facebook actually had an ax to grind, uh, that's not a problem for the government to solve, right? No. Because they are a, a private company. Um, it, it is up to them to do what they want. But of course, in the market of place of ideas, we should absolutely be able to bring pressure on them. And if, if it turned out that they took a public position and said, we're going we're gonna to not be neutral anymore, I, I would rightly criticize them for that as a moral matter. 
if it turned out that they, they kept saying that they were going to be neutral, but they weren't willing to put the effort into operationalizing that promise, I would criticize them for that as well. Uh, but what's probably going to happen here, as you said, is congressional hearings. And I have to say, I'm, I, I find that different from just a private citizen's uh, you and, and I or, or our organization taking a stance on this because that's a kind of soft power from government and it's not hard to imagine here uh, people getting really stirred up on, about this on the hill and inserting themselves into how Facebook runs its business and, and that that could become a, a subtle soft form of government control that could actually end up uh, chilling speech online. I mean the fairness doctrine, the thing that conservatives hate was all about saying, the federal government saying to, to broadcast licensees that if they talked about one side of an issue, they had to have the other side of the issue on as well, which in the end actually ended up really backfiring and, and hurting conservatives because it meant that, for example, uh, there was no independent uh, news radio like we have had in the last few decades of conservatives having their own talk shows, right. free of having to present both sides. So just be careful what you wish for. So it, saying in principle that you just want both sides presented, it actually ends up also skewing media. So the best answer here is keep the government out of this, uh, but but do pressure companies to to live up to their promises and, and to to train their company's uh, employees better. And if you think there's a problem, sure, go ahead and and shame Facebook about this publicly, but be careful about leaping to assumptions. Right. Well, that's it for today's show. This is breaking news, so we'll certainly be tracking it. And uh, if, if those hearings that uh, Barron predicted do come out, we'll certainly be watching those as unfortunate as they may be. Um, Barron? You might want to mention here before we break that this story actually is trending on Facebook. Right. Yeah. Um, depending on who you are as a user, it might be two spots below Justin Bieber's new tattoo. But uh, as, as I mentioned, the trending uh, is a different experience for everyone. But yeah, the, the hilarious irony here is that shortly after the story broke, uh, because there was such a hoopla over it, it was trending. Um, whereas the story alleged that Facebook was intentionally suppressing stories about the company itself. But um let us know what you think of uh, today's show on Twitter at Tech Freedom or on Facebook.com slash Tech Freedom. Feel free to always pitch ideas, guests, uh, topics. Let us know what you want to hear more of. Uh, send us an email at media at techfreedom.org. Find this podcast in the iTunes store. Please leave us a review because it will help others find the show. And thank you for listening. The Tech Policy Podcast is produced and distributed by Tech Freedom, a nonpartisan nonprofit think tank in Washington, D.C. To learn more about our work, make a tax-deductible donation, or find other episodes, find us online at techfreedom.org.